Indiana Sports Talk. My name is Jake Query, filling in for Coach Bob Lovell on this Saturday night on Network Indiana. As you had heard there, of course, this program made possible by the Indiana Donor Network. You can sign up to be an organ donor today, help save lives in the future. Anybody can sign up to be an organ donor. There are no age limits, no health restrictions to sign up. Every 10 minutes, somebody is added to the donor transplant waiting list. You can find out more at driventosavelives.org. That's driven the number two, savelives.org. Each and every day throughout the regular week from noon to three, I am doing a radio program called Query and Company on 93.5-1075, the fan in Indianapolis. He who runs everything for that program is Eddie Garrison, who now joins us with a look at sports throughout the Hoosier State. Good evening, Eddie. Good evening, Jake. One more hour together for this week, and I'm sure you're rejoicing with that, having to deal with me five days next week. NFL playoffs is where we start this go-around. Under seven minutes to go, fourth quarter, Green Bay and San Francisco. Jake said that there will be one upset this week between the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. And now it's holding true. Packers 21, 49ers 17. Unders Carlson, the Packers kicker, just missed a field goal. So San Francisco takes over at their own 31, trailing by four. And if the 49ers are able to complete the comeback here in the fourth quarter, it would be the first time since Kyle Shanahan took over in 2017 as the head coach that they have won a game in the fourth quarter when trailing by five or more points. They have six minutes and 18 seconds to do so. Earlier today, the Baltimore Ravens, they cruised past the Houston Texans 34-10. Lamar Jackson showing why he will become the MVP for the second time in his career once voting has been announced. 152 yards through the air, but he threw for two touchdowns. He also ran for 100 yards and found the end zone twice with his legs. Baltimore advances to the AFC championship game. They await to figure out who their opponent will be tomorrow night, 6.30 on CBS, Kansas City and Buffalo. It's a rematch. The Bills best the Chiefs earlier in the season because Kadarius Toney lined up offsides, negated a touchdown for the Chiefs, and the Bills' defense was able to get a stop to defeat the Chiefs a month plus. At 3 o'clock before that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Detroit Lions, that's on NBC. Who would have thought that the Detroit Lions could be hosting three home playoff games when the playoffs started? If they win against the Buccaneers and the Packers hold on, Green Bay will be traveling to Detroit next weekend. High school basketball, let's start out with some boys' scores. Wood Memorial defeats Shoals 38-36, a low-scoring nail-biter. Nice win for Wood Memorial. Whitco they cruise past Prairie Heights, 69-31 final score. Westview wins by 20 over Garrett, 59-39. Tri-West falls to Westfield, 68-27. It's a close one between Indian Creek and West Vigo. Four points is the separation, 58-54. West Vigo with the win. Goshen, Warsaw. 20-point win for Warsaw, 21 or 61 to 41. Wapahani in Newcastle. It was all Wapahani today. 64-39 over Newcastle. Valparaiso cruises past South Bend, Washington, 66-57. Southwestern, they're located in Shelbyville, falls to Union City, 60 to 50. 
Seven Oaks struggles offensively. They only put up 29 points. Defense was good. Offense just wasn't good enough as Union of Modoc wins 41 to 29. Twin Lakes West Lafayette 20 point win for Twin Lakes 64 to 44. Girls High School basketball, the Hoosier Conference playoffs. For fifth place, it was Lafayette Central Catholic because they defeated Northwestern 59 to 38. For third place, Benton Central claims that spot. They defeat Western by four, 50 to 46. And the first place game, the champion, Hamilton Heights 54, Rensselaer Central 32. More to come. College scores next update on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. By the way, not to steal any of Eddie Garrison's thunder, although obviously on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, presented by the Indiana Donor Network. Most of the conversation is going to be about things and happenings right here in the home Hoosier State. But how about Pitt going in and upsetting the Dukies? And Pitt gets a win over number 7 Duke tonight. That game just ending 80-76. to My name is Jay Quarry. As I mentioned, Bob Lovell, the coach, is taking the night off, helping to do some fundraising in Plainfield, Indiana tonight. I had mentioned earlier, and Jeff, hang on just a second, I'll get to you. I threw my cell phone number out there, 317-523-9288, and encourage all of you to text in and let me know your favorite high school basketball team and why. Jake Greenfield Central is my favorite. Braylon Mullins is my cousin. So I've got to represent. Cool? I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, Jake, Vincent's Lincoln, because what the heck is an Alice? I mean, it's a maid with six kids, right? I know that much. Uh, Jake, Greenwood Christian is my favorite. They beat Traders Point 58-17. How about Noah Reed with 14? Jordan Tallman with 12. Reed Smith had six in that game. Also, Jake, this is Bryce from Warsaw. I was at the Tiger Den tonight for the Lady Tigers Senior Night versus Concord. Lady Tigers win this one 61-26. Warsaw has a great team chemistry. Uh, Brooke Artman surpasses the all-time school record for three-pointers made in a season by an individual with 67, a record which uh, she broke her own record at 66 set two years ago. How about that? During a phenomenal freshman season. So appreciate those who wrote in. Jeff Marlowe now joins us from WRIN Radio here on Network Indiana on Indiana Sports Talk. Jeff, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Jake. Glad to be with you. Right, Jeff, I, I've, I've said this to each guest, and, and hopefully you'll understand here. I want to apologize because I know you thought you were talking. Anybody that thinks they're going to be talking to Coach Bob Lovell and gets me, I feel bad, to be honest with you. You're good, Jake. You're good. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, all right. I know this much, and Jeff, I'm going to put you on the spot with a trivia question that I myself cannot answer, so no pressure. You ready? Gotcha. You had Hamilton Heights and Rensselaer Central tonight. Is that correct? Correct. Your trivia question is spell Rensselaer. R-E-N-S-S-E-L-A-E-R. Wow. How about that? Every time I see I it when I'm so. driving to Chicago, it throws me off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's your conference championship game tonight, Jake, there between Hamilton Heights and, and the Rensselaer Central Lady Bombers. But also you had the Class 3A number one and number two teams going at it. And unfortunately for the Lady Bombers tonight, uh, the Hamilton Heights Lady Huskies with the 54-32 victory to claim the Hoosier Conference title. You know, I was going to say, obviously, with a game of that magnitude, a 22-point game. So who stood out for Hamilton Heights? Yeah, you got to go to Cameron Runner. She had 24. She's their all-state candidate. 
uh, has played very well throughout the season. She just she she really had a great night. Also, I wanted to point out there, Ella Hickox. Uh, he only finished with ten, she only. She had ten points, but just those two guards really controlled the game. Rensselaer really struggled to shoot the ball on the road tonight, and their best or their uh, leading scorer is Camry Rowland, a sophomore, finished with eleven. But Hamilton Heights, once they got the lead in the second half, just kind of spread it out. Jake, I don't know if you had a chance to see them. It was my first time really seeing them live, but they do a really nice job. They get a lead. They spread it out, almost a four-corner type look, and they just make you chase. And tonight, once they, like I said, you get the lead and make you chase, they just didn't know what to do with it. Take a page out of Dean Smith's book, huh? Yeah. We'll go ahead much. and milk it down a little bit. Jeff, you know, we talk about with with girls basketball, you know, high school basketball in general, a lot of times you look at the box score and you see, okay, you know, this player had 22, this player had 25. Give me the name of a girl that maybe wouldn't get the recognition, whether it be in this particular game or just somebody that you've seen where you say, you know what, she didn't get the headlines, but she's a critical part of what her team does and is unselfish, and I like it. Well, I'll stick with our own Lady Bombers here that we cover regularly on WRN, Jake, and that's a young lady named Sarah Kaufman, uh, about a 5'9 senior. She maybe only averages about eight points a game, but she does kind of all the little things, the dirty work, kind of a glue kid. She rebounds pretty well. She tends to draw the other team's best player defensive assignment. And, again, Rensselaer came into the night 19-0, and and Hamilton Heights you know, broke that streak at night, you know, with the first loss tonight. But Sarah's probably somebody who would fly a little bit under the radar. But I think most coaches watching would understand what she brings to the team. Jeff, I appreciate it, as always. So, obviously, for Rensselaer Central, tell me what's up next. Uh, yeah, they go Tuesday night to conference or to uh, county Jasper County rival Kankakee Valley. That game should be a, a, a really good environment up at Kankakee Valley. They'll finish out the season with Demont Christian on Thursday, and then Jake. This sectional is loaded that Rensselaer Central's in. It will be at Twin Lakes, but it includes Rensselaer Central, Western, West Lafayette, Benton Central, and Twin Lakes, all of whom have been ranked or will probably be ranked when it comes sectional time. And of course, the draw they will find out tomorrow exactly where they go. Yes. Jeff, I'll tell you what, every time I go up to Chicago for a White Sox game, my girlfriend and I stop at the Arby's and Rensselaer. You're going to meet us for a roast beef, all right? I can do that, Jake. <laughs> I appreciate it. Jeff Marlowe, W-R-I-N, talking about Rensselaer Central and Hamilton Heights tonight. We'll continue the conversation. You're listening to Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. And for the first time in the fourth quarter, the San Francisco 49ers have the lead. Christian McCaffrey. Caps off a touchdown drive for the 49ers. His second of the game, they lead 24-21. 62 seconds left. Green Bay third and two at their own 33. College basketball today. The Purdue Boilermakers, the second-ranked team in all of college basketball. 14-point win on the road at Iowa against the Hawkeyes, 84-70. Zach Eady with his third consecutive 30-point double-double today, 30 points and 18 rebounds. Lance Jones had 17 points. He also knocked down four triples. Fletcher Lawyer had 12 points, and Braden Smith was a point and an assist away from a double-double, nine points, nine assists. He also had six rebounds. Purdue now 17-2 and two on the season, 6-2 and two in the Big Ten. The Butler Bulldogs, they are now 12-7. and seven. They were struggling entering today's game. Losers of 5-6, of six, but they beat... To Paul, seventy-four to sixty. Pierre Thomas or Pierre Brooks, twenty points was the leading scorer for the Bulldogs. Seventeen points from DJ Davis, Posh Alexander, all around terrific game, especially defensively. Six steals, but he also scored seventeen points and dished out six assists. Butler, twelve and seven. 
and they are three and five in Big East action. In overtime, the Ball State Cardinals they lose to the Miami Ohio Redhawks, eighty-seven to eighty. Michael Lewis's team is nine and nine and one and five in conference play. Twenty-nine points was the leading scorer, and that was from Rashir Jihad. Eddie, thanks so much. Thanks to Nathaniel Finch as well for manning the ship for us tonight. My name is Jake Query. You can listen each and every weekday from 12 until 3. You can hear Eddie Garrison on with me along with Jimmy Cook on Query and Company on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis, which is where we are located right now is the epicenter here for Network Indiana. It is always a thrill to be able to do this program and fill in for Coach Level. I appreciate all of you who are listening because like most of you listening, I was born and raised in Indiana. As a matter of fact, when I was born, my family lived in Shelbyville, Indiana. I mentioned earlier uh, my affinity for the Golden Bears, for Cow Palace and Country Club Heights. We then moved to Evansville, lived right across from Harrison High School before Indianapolis, where I went to North Central High School. So high school basketball, I certainly know of the fabulous tradition and the heritage and what it means to all of you. So to be able to talk about that tonight is a thrill for me and I certainly understand what it means not to hear my voice but to hear about your favorite school to all of you very much appreciated for those who have participated also those who had texted me uh, their schools and who it is that they are rooting for on this particular Saturday night by the way um, San Francisco just intercepted Jordan Love so it appears as though the San Francisco 49ers are on their way to host the NFC Championship game awaiting tomorrow's winner between the Detroit Lions and, of course, the Lions hosting Tampa Bay. The winner will be going to San Francisco. It does almost inevitably appear for the NFC Championship game. Earlier, as Eddie had mentioned earlier tonight, it was the Baltimore Ravens winning. They now will await the winner of Kansas City and Buffalo to find out who will play in the AFC Championship game. Joining us now on the program here on Network Indiana, you hear him each and every week. He is one of the busiest guys in showbiz calling college basketball and high school games. Tony Donnie, who joins us. Tony, you had Rose Holman again tonight. Am I correct in that? Yeah, we had a, a men's and women's doubleheader today from Holbert Arena down in Terre Haute. And uh, both the Rose Holman men and women with victories today and the boys team has won five in a row since the turn of the calendar year and uh, moved themselves up to third place in HCAC play. You know, Tony, one of the things that interests me is Rose Holman, am I correct in saying they're the fighting engineers, right? Yes. Okay. Aren't all engineers fighting? Like, <laughs> is that, that seems esoteric. I, it seems to me like any time I've been around engineers, they're fighting each other. Yeah, and their uh, their logo is an elephant, so I'm not, I'm not as tough <laughs> on the uh, – on the animal kingdom as maybe you are, but it doesn't seem to be the uh, the most crazy of, of fighting I animals. I know when but... I want a bridge built, I turn to an elephant, right? Yeah, Preferably exactly. one not but fighting. Um, what's cool about it is you talk to some of these players and, and the coaches, you know, at D3 level, you're not getting scholarships. You're there to obviously get an education. The average annual income one year out of college for Rose Holman graduates is $84,000, and so basically, you know, these kids are playing for the love of the game, and uh, they've got uh, players on both the girls and the boys squad from from all over the state of Indiana and all over the country. And it's, I mean, Forbes has them listed. If I told you this, uh, you and I like to play a lot of guessing games with each other. If I told you this, you wouldn't believe me. But Forbes has 
Um, the 17th best college education in the country is Rose Holman. No, I believe that. It is absolutely one of the premier engineer. I mean, all kidding aside, we're talking about one of the premier engineering and academic institutions in the state of Indiana. There's no question about that. And um, really a crown jewel just for the state from an academic standpoint and certainly great facilities as well. You can ask the Indianapolis Colts that. Tony, we'll begin with the women's side of things. Uh, take me through the game you had tonight and who stood out for Rose Holman. Yeah, this the women's team uh, a lot better than what they were to start the season. They lost to Transylvania last week. Transylvania has won 50 straight games. That's a record for women's college basketball on any level. And their their toughest opponent was Rose Holman. They've, they've blown out everybody Transylvania has by 20-plus points. But Rose Holman kept them at bay. They lost 56-42 to 42 last week. They bounced back on Wednesday with the win over Manchester. And the Rose Holman women this afternoon with a victory. Um, Low-scoring type of game, won by 16 points. But uh, Jackie Baum, Grace Rowland, is one of those girls that – uh, can, can play from anywhere. She's a freshman. She's really good, averaging 16 points per contest. She was the HCAC Player of the Week last month. Then Jackie Baum out of California. She's a junior. Uh, one of the best jump shots you'll see, really on any level, but certainly the D3 level. Uh, they got the victory today. They've won five of their last seven games. And uh, really, you want to be in that, in, in, in that top four so you know that you host at least one game in the HCAC tournament. And then the final Four teams left will play three games over two days in the HCAC tournament. More than likely to be hosted by Transylvania down in Lexington, Kentucky, but Rose Holman's women has a chance to make it. Okay, Tony, take me through what you saw tonight develop in terms of the men's side for Rose Holman. Yeah, the men's team, they have a guy named Miles McGowan. He's out of Mooresville, uh, Indiana, uh, one of the best low-post players you'll ever see. And I sit on the broadcast today, and, and we've all been there. You go to the YMCA, and there's that guy who's 50, 55, 60 years old, and he's a little bit past his prime. But he has these weird post moves, and he's very quirky and crafty and just fundamentally sound, doesn't do anything too crazy, doesn't do anything that's going to end up on a highlight reel. And that's what Miles McGowan is. Um, he is so good down low, using the pivot foot, averaging 17 points per contest. Um, he played well today, but, but uh, Bradley Harden had 14 points, all of them coming in the – Second half, had a couple clutch threes to extend the lead. Uh, it went back and forth against Bluffton today. Uh, and, then, and then Damon Studemeyer is a player that um, is very good for this Rose Holman team. Um, he had a career-high 33 last Saturday, backed it up today with 14 points. And, you know, you talk about a whole team effort. Rose Holman had 10 different players score in the men's game today to um, win their fifth straight game five out of the last six dating back to just before Christmas. And, and as you know, this is like the dog days of college basketball in January. And, and there, there, there could be a little bit of a null and it's cold outside. But um, Rose Holman's men's teams, I, I talked to head coach Sam today and he said, look, we're so much better than what we were a month ago. We're motivated. We're playing as a team. And anybody on any given night for this Rose Holman team can go for 15, 20 points. And it was a total team effort today with 10, 10 players scoring in, in the victory today. Tony, you had mentioned from both. Tony Donahue is our guest. You've you've seen a lot of Rose Holman. You've done some of their, you know, a lot of their games, and, and you mentioned the fact that that both sides of it, men and women. So I'll let you pick which one you want to focus on here in the last couple of minutes. Um, what has changed about them? What what evolution have they had, or what schematic maybe differences have they had that have been able to get things going in the right direction for them here? Yeah, that's a great question. I think 
when you look at both the men's and women's team, and, and in D3, you have to have an identity, right? You have to have a way, a style that you play basketball, and you set yourself up to play that way, and then you go out and get players that can fit the system that you run. And both the men's and women's team, they really start with size down low. Miles McGowan, as I mentioned, uh, six foot six, um, very fundamentally sound. On the girls' team, Grace Rowland, a freshman, she's six foot two, has one of the best shots I've seen uh, on, on any college level. Um, you start with the big man or big woman down low, and then you work your way outside, and you, the offense for both the men and women's team works inside out. Uh, and then you find players that can knock down threes. You find players that can control the tempo. And uh, both, both squads, I, I think it's an identity of having, having low post presence that you can work inside out. And that's kind of been the identity that's worked for Rose Holman over the last couple of years. Lastly, what's up next for either of them, Tony, or your next broadcast for them? Yeah, so they'll take on Manchester. The men's team stays at home. The women's team will go on the road. We're about a month out of the HCAC tournament. Uh, we'll start in mid-February. If you win a game at home, which it seems like both Rose Home and men and women will host at least one home game, uh, and then the final four goes to the number one seeded uh, team's home gym to play on a Friday and a Saturday for a chance to make the D3 tournament. So should be really exciting. Looking forward to it. I've got a couple more broadcasts the rest of the month, next Saturday included. And uh, I know it's cold here in Indy, but I'm looking forward to uh, enjoying St. Pete here for IndyCar in two months with you. I will be there. Crown Point's your hometown, right, Tony? Portage, Indiana. Portage, sorry. Portage, Indiana. Portage, Indiana, but he's basically making Terre Haute home now because he's frequently on the calls for Rose Holman and will be down at St. Pete and will be covering IndyCar as well. Tony, appreciate it as always. Hey, thanks, Jake. Love what you're doing. Appreciate it. Uh, the show that I got my start on was Indiana Sports Talk, and uh, we've all came a long way in the last 10 or 12 years. So enjoy the evening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Tony has. I don't know about myself. I'm stuck in neutral, baby, but I love it. Uh, in fact, as he had mentioned, it is Indiana Sports Talk, presented by Indiana Donor Network. You're listening to it on Network Indiana. That's three Indianas in like 10 seconds. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Like Jake said, it's gone final in San Francisco. The 49ers pick up their first win when trailing by five or more points underneath Kyle Shanahan. They're now 1-30. 24-21 is the final. The game sealer was Christian McCaffrey. Well, I should say not the game sealer, but he gave them the lead 24-21 with his second rushing touchdown with 67 seconds left. It was a 12 play 69-yard drive for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. It took 5-11 off the clock in the final quarter of play. Packers took over two timeouts. Jordan Love throws a pick into triple coverage. Prior nine games, he had only thrown one interception. He throws for two today. Aaron Jones, 108 yards on the ground for Green Bay. As for San Francisco, McCaffrey finishes two yards shy of 100 yards on the ground. George Kittle had 81 yards through the air and a receiving touchdown. Brock Purdy, 252 yards, one passing touchdown. Earlier today... Baltimore Ravens punched their ticket into the AFC championship game. A 34-20 final score over the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud struggled a little bit on the road in his first road playoff game. 175 yards passing, and he was pretty much scrambling for his life the entirety of the second half. Lamar Jackson doing an MVP-like performance. The soon-to-be two-time MVP threw for two touchdowns, and he also ran for 100 yards and scored twice as a 
17. Baltimore, 229 yards on the ground. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. So, Eddie Garrison, I have a great trivia question for you. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you cool with that? I mean, I can't guarantee you're going to know it. Well, you put me on the spot all the time from 12 to 3, (laughs) Monday through Friday, so it's nothing different. So, here is my trivia question for you. And if you don't know it, I certainly – it's – it's 50-50 that you would know this. So, like, I'm leading you into it by giving you the out. If you don't get the question right, I'm not going to sit here and laugh. You ready? You normally don't give me the out, so I appreciate this. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens are known as the Baltimore Ravens for what reason? Why is the Ravens the name of their NFL team? Okay, I, now I don't don't know this one. I thought he was going crab cakes and football. Nathaniel, do you know the answer to this question? I just gave Nathaniel a different trivia question. So I'm working both you guys here. Can you tell we're in the last 28 minutes down the home stretch? I'm over two. I didn't know either trivia. I don't know this one. What was his trivia? I'm wearing a hat that says El Coyote Mexican food. What is the pop cultural significance of El Coyote? Oh, I've got no idea either. That's really, really, really out there, though. We'll see if Kip Westner, who is, of course, the publisher of Hoosier Basketball Magazine, if you guys want to do phone a friend, we'll bring Kip on the program. Kip's one of my all-time favorite guys because there are a few things in Indiana, as Kip knows, that I tell him on a regular basis. Kip, I don't know that there's anything to me that speaks more Indiana than Hoosier Basketball Magazine. You know, the, the pride that people have about seeing themselves on the cover, flipping through it to see the different promotions of different players and teams throughout the state, seeing the schedules, reading the profiles. It's unbelievable the knowledge and the breakdowns of every single team throughout the state. And it's a tradition that, of course, you, I know, have worked tirelessly to keep alive. And that is so much appreciated, along with your call tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll begin with this, Kip. Do you know the answer to either trivia question that I just threw to Eddie and to Nathaniel? I think I do. I'll take the uh, on the phone a friend on uh, the Edgar Allan Poe being uh, never fear the Raven or evermore the Raven. I guess is that the, is correct. Is the name of it, and he was a Baltimore person. That is that correct. Edgar Allan Poe uh, literature class. I think so. that is correct. Edgar Allan Poe lived in Baltimore. His home is still historically in Baltimore, and he is entombed in Baltimore. Thus, why they are the Ravens because that's his most famous poem, and why they're three mascots on the field are Edgar, Allen, and Poe. Um, mm, I didn't know that. I know as, their logo changed after when they first came out and they moved, but uh, yeah, the Raven is a, is a well-known deal in, in Baltimore. So Now, as for El Coyote Mexican Restaurant, I'll, I'll have people Google that because... I'm not going to say on the radio the significance of it, but it is a fabulous Mexican restaurant just outside of Beverly Hills in West Hollywood, Los Angeles. All right, so Kip, uh, you watched Fishers tonight, correct? Yes, I was at the uh, Fishers Carol Flora or Carol Allen game. Uh, it was an early start, and uh, <clears throat> Fishers is good. I mean, uh, what are they, number one, undefeated? Uh, we had Lawrence North rated number one in the Hoosier Basketball Magazine. I think the coaches' poll uh, has Lawrence North number one, and Fishers is number one in the media poll. But this Keegan Gardner is really an outstanding player. And, Take Metzger, and they've they've got all the parts that uh, you need to have a championship caliber team. The problem is they're in a sectional with Westfield and Noblesville, and uh, sectional eight is a 
a dynamic group of teams. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But uh, one of my staff members was down at Northeast Du Bois, which Springs Valley was playing Northeast Du Bois. And as you know, some pockets of the state and uh, – Around our Hoosier land, basketball in the community is what draws people together. And Dale told me it was a packed house, incredible atmosphere. Northeast of boys pulled away late and won by 10 or 11 points. But uh, just the atmosphere of being at small school basketball in southern Indiana is always good. And, and you know, kind of ties back to the Hoosier basketball magazine. And if how I'm not love it. mistaken, Kip, I, I could be wrong in this. I thought, you know, this may have happened a few weeks ago and I'm just now seeing it. I'm always late to the party. But, um, Springs Valley has a, a young man that just broke the single-game scoring record that held, formerly was held by Larry Bird, correct? Yeah, that's what I'd heard. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why Dale wanted to to go to the game. And it's uh, the game was at Northeast Du Bois, but Springs Valley's – uh, had a, an outstanding team. You know, they're part of that sectional 63, which has Lagodi and Bar-Reeve. You know, we always talk about that rivalry. But also Orleans is an outstanding team uh, right between Bedford and Paoli and uh, Springs Valley. So I know we got our girls' sectional draw coming up on Sunday, but there'll be a lot of eyes on that sectional 63 when that uh, uh, tournament draw comes around as well. Kip, when you talk about Kip Wessner's our guest from Hoosier Basketball Magazine, in the teams that you've seen, I know you talked about you know Fishers and Lawrence North, and then just that loaded sectional that that Fishers is in. When you start talking Westfield, you know Noblesville, so many rich teams in the Donut Counties around Marion County specifically. But is there a particular team that jumps out at you that you feel has the most offensive versatility? In other words as they make their way through the state tournament, if they are seeing teams that try to make them do different things, they have the most in terms of their arsenal of being able to win games in a variety of different ways. Who jumps out? Well, potentially uh, Brownstown Central. I mean, they're ranked in the uh, in the all-class coaches poll, and they're a 2A school. Of course, Jack Benner is their go-to guy, but he has suffered through some injuries this year and had some games of foul trouble. In fact, he fouled out of the game against Carmel, and they were still able to to beat Carmel. So they are far from a one-man show, but everybody who goes to that uh, those games are there to see, and the coaches are there to stop uh, Benner, of course, but uh, his, his father, who's been coaching for a number of years, and just the way they made it to the regional last year, they are a team to be reckoned with. Um, from the south and specifically, but also um, I would say that, you know, we mentioned Lawrence North. They're so athletic and so dynamic that if their top scorer Robinson gets in foul trouble or is out, they've got so many more weapons that uh, they can just go back to. And uh, also a team like Burbuff. Burbuff's got uh, Hayward, Evan Hayward, who's going to um, – Butler and I saw him play in the county tournament against Ben Davis, and it was an outstanding game. But they are a senior-laden team. You know, a lot of times when uh, seniors have played and gone through all the battles, if Hayward were to get into foul trouble, they've got some other people that could pick up the slack. And in fact, last night, Garen Catholic and Burbuff played. They were one and two, and they'll meet again in the sectional, I'm sure, come March. So that's a few teams to keep an eye on. Kip, for people like myself, Kip Wessner is our guest from Hoosier Basketball Magazine. And I know that this is stuff that, that 
you know, throughout the course of the year when you talk to Coach Lovell and you come on this program, there are probably – this might seem an elementary question for that audience, but for those that might be listening that don't pay as week-to-week attention to high school basketball, you know, I know that, that Flory Badunga of Kokomo – is probably the biggest national recruit in the state amongst the senior class. Is it a one-horse race for Mr. Basketball, or is that naive of me to say? No, I, I think it is. I mean, Benner has a chance, and what what uh, Mr. Basketball has kind of morphed into is the most valuable player of the state tournament. So I suppose if Kokomo were to lose in the sectional and Brownstown Central were to win Class 2A, then the votes could, could change, but um, it really, I think the senior class is really not nearly as deep as, say, the 2020 class or the 2021 class a few years ago. I had to change the front cover a little bit just to recognize some more players because it was such a loaded field. But yeah, Flory is, uh, he's got all the fanfare and it's not totally a popularity contest, but the fact that they made it to the uh, state finals last year and were state runner up. Uh, he's the odds-on favorite, and I think that'll play out according to the state tournament. And you know, Kip, this obviously doesn't, you know, th- there's more to every story, but uh, for what it's worth, a-, a good friend of mine who is an Indiana high school basketball official uh, had a Kokomo, has had Kokomo several games and said couldn't be a nicer kid on the floor. Very respectful of the officials, coaches, and he's really been impressed by him. So, um, you know, it'd well, be good to see. Times I, it's interesting you say that. It's a couple times I've seen him this year. He has not been nearly as dynamic, but yes, his demeanor, you know, there's a lot of uh, prima donnas in the world, and his demeanor is not that. He is a very uh, cool and uh, collected. He's getting triple teamed, and he still makes plays. So that's good to hear from the official. Kip Wessner, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend, all right? Thank you. All right, Indiana Sports Talk rolls on. Kip Wessner, who's your basketball magazine? Final scoreboard update of the night. So let's see how many of the college scores we can get in in our final 90 seconds in the scoreboard update. The Purdue Boilermakers, they go on the road, proved a 17-2 and with the win over the Iowa Hawkeyes, 84-70. Zach Eady, third consecutive 30-point double-double, 30 points and 18 rebounds. The Butler Bulldogs, they pick up a win at home at Hinkle Fieldhouse, throwing out 12-7. and They defeat DePaul, 74-60. to Posh Alexander, 17 points, Six assists and six steals in the win. Ball State falls in overtime at home, 87-80. to They have now lost four straight games at home in seven of their last eight games. They're 9-9 on the season, 1-5 in conference play. The Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons fall to Cleveland State. The Vikings win 75-68. to in Division Two action, University of Indianapolis defeats McKendry 87-76. The Greyhounds are now 12-5 and 8-1 in the GLVC. Anderson tops Franklin College 95-77. Anderson 13-4, 8-2 in conference play. Franklin College 9-8 and 7-3 in the conference. Roll Solomon, the Fighting Engineers, they pick up a win today as well. They win to go 8-9 on the season. They defeat... Bluffton, 77-66. Good win for the Fighting Engineers. Earlham falls to Hanover, 93-67. DePaul defeats Kenyon, 76-58. Manchester wins, 75-71 over Mountain St. Joseph. And Wabash wins by 7 over Oberlin, 69-62. Now, Eddie Garrison. 
Yes, I sir. To, I need you to join in here. Nathaniel okay. Finch, who's in the other room. Hang on just a second. I just ripped out my headsets for this important announcement. Nathaniel, you with us as well? Oh, yeah. I need both you guys to, in unison with me, and unison's probably the wrong word if there's three of us, but but all of us together, we need to, and Nathaniel, I will actually let you make this announcement because you're the one that took the call and has the information. But, Eddie, you had just mentioned that your alma mater, the University of Indianapolis, got a win tonight, correct? Yes, sir. Um, Nathaniel, normally... Coach Cassaro would be calling in, but he did call in but didn't have time to come on. Is that correct, Nathaniel? That's right. My alma mater, UND as well. Okay. So you tell me what what he said and why all three of us are going to join the entire state of Indiana in giving a huge congratulations to the South Side to Coach Paul Cassaro and his wife, Brooke, correct? That's right. They had their uh, baby boy tonight, their first baby. Gregory Marshall Corsaro. There we go. <laughs> Congratulations. Congrats, Coach. To the couple, to what a day. What a day to get a win and then get your first child, right? Boy, I bet he's happy it happened on a homestand. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like the a true coach would think, right? <laughs> Pretty awesome stuff. Pretty awesome stuff. So congratulations. Uh, a hearty congratulations to all of them. Uh, Nathaniel has been working feverishly, I understand, scouring Rolling Stone and other such magazines to try to find out the significance of El Coyote Mexican Cafe in Los Angeles. Nathaniel, have you solved yet the riddle? Yeah, I sure have. It's uh, the Manson family murders based off the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from Tarantino. Sounds like I need to go home and watch that. So the the movie's based off the the true tragedy, right? But... Uh, it was the, it was the favorite restaurant of Sharon Tate, and that was where she and her uh, party had dinner on the fateful night. But it is a it's a super cool and trendy restaurant in Los Angeles. And um, I don't know if I should mention this or not. Coach Lovell told me just to have fun tonight. And this probably people are gonna think it's weird. Um, the last time that I was there with the IndyCar radio crew, we always have dinner at El Coyote. Not for that reason, but because it is a really good restaurant. Um, and the last time that we went there. Because we were with a large group, we were seated at the same table. It's like a you go there and everyone kind of knows what table it is, and they kind of point it out. Uh, Eddie Garrison, you were keeping an eye on San Francisco and Green Bay. You had mentioned the score earlier. San Francisco mm-hmm. moves on. But that was not, by any stretch of the imagination, like a vintage Niners definitive home win, correct? Correct. Uh, in the first half, Debo Samuel in and out. First, he gets hurt on the first drive of the game, goes and gets evaluated for a concussion, comes back, catches another ball, injures his shoulder, does not return. So pretty much the entire, I don't know, two and a half quarters, halfway through the second quarter, they didn't have Debo. And it took them a while to get going. They led at halftime seven to six, but then uh, Green Bay comes out. They score a touchdown in their first offensive possession. Uh, San Francisco responds. Green Bay goes ahead 21-14, and then and they close it out. San Francisco does by outscoring Green Bay in the fourth quarter 10 to nothing. But Brock Purdy did not look like the typical Brock Purdy. 23 of 39, 252 yards and a touchdown. Well, you're like, well, that's good. Uh, those are good numbers. Just he got away with some throws. I think there were at least three balls that I counted that were tipped or dropped interceptions. So not a great game by San Francisco, but at this time of the year, a win is a win. 
Meanwhile, on the other side of things in the AFC, pretty dominant performance for the Baltimore Ravens. Houston stuck around a little bit, got a long kick return for a touchdown, and then after that, pretty much all Baltimore as they advance to the AFC title game. I want to remind you folks again, Indiana Donor Network proudly sponsoring Certainly, I hope it's proudly, but they are sponsoring, and we're proud to have them do so. Uh, Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. Don't forget that signing up to be an organ donor helps save lives. It helps save lives in the future. Anybody can sign up. There is no age limit, no health restriction. You can find out more and sign up to save lives in the future at Driven to Save That's Driven. The number two Save tonight. Thanks to Coach Bob Lovell, Todd Meyer for having me in tonight. My name is Jake Query. And you can listen each and every Monday through Friday from noon until 3 to Query and Company on 93.5-1075. The fan, Eddie Garrison, a member of the company, as well as Jimmy Cook, who carried me through for three hours a day. Uh, thanks to those that called in tonight. Kurt Darling, for example, who had the Pendleton Heights Delta game, called in earlier today. Then, of course, uh, after that, David Deaton called in to recap a couple of games. Orleans over Austin and girls and the boys 60-54 to 54 win of Charlestown over Corden Central. Uh, David Eha to talk about Ball State's 87-80 loss to Miami of Ohio. Brian Sullivan called in to talk about New Albany winning over Evansville Wrights. That was an 86-72 score. Steve Draben, head coach of Bethel College. They beat Taylor 75-66. Jeff Marlowe of WRIN talking about girls basketball with Hamilton Heights defeating Rensselaer Central 54 54- 32. Tony Donahue calling in to talk about the doubleheader of Rose Holman, the men and women tonight. And then as we had talked about Paul Corsaro, congratulations to he and his wife, Brooke, for the birth of their first child, a son, Gregory Marshall Corsaro, born tonight. So very cool there. And you, Indy, Eddie, you said you, Indy, did get a win tonight before that fun for the Corsaro family, correct? Yeah, that's right. So two wins today for them. You know, I was thinking about this today. Here's a question for you, Eddie. I would assume that there are other states that have to this level. And I, I didn't look specifically to confirm this, but in college basketball at the Division One level, there may be others, but I would be stunned. I'm pretty certain that Indiana State, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Notre Dame, Evansville, Valparaiso, certainly all of those. I'm fairly certain, and Eddie, you tell me if I'm wrong on any of these. I'm fairly certain that every one of those schools has a mascot that is not used by any other school in Division I college athletics. Oh. And and if you were to make a list for states, the number of schools they have that can make that claim, Indiana's got to be number one, right? I mean, Texas has a Division One level. You got the Roadrunners in Texas. I think they might be the only Roadrunners. But then you got Bears and Raiders, and and you know, Horn Frogs is pretty unique. Longhorns is unique. But like Mustangs, you know, they have to. There have to be other schools like that. California, you got the Banana Slugs, and you got you know some of the. But then you also have Aztecs and Bruins and Bears. It's common, right? It's got to be a record. For, for This is the kind of stuff I think about, Eddie Garrison, like in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. You know, we got about two hours before those starts really start percolating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. Hey, guys, thanks for, fill, or for uh, letting me fill in tonight and have some fun, all right?
It was a pleasure. See you Monday. Uh, see you. We'll be on the air noon on Monday for Query and Company. Uh, all of you listen, participated tonight. Very much appreciated. Nathaniel Finch, appreciate it. This has been Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by the Indiana Donor Network, and you've been listening to it on this Saturday night on Network Indiana. Have a wonderful remainder of the weekend, everybody.